It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll have to start things off in Indianapolis because, well, I mean, we've talked a lot about Indianapolis this week with the Combine being there, but this is not about the Combine. This is with the Indianapolis Colts, and in particular, Carson Wentz, the current quarterback, of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Dan Orvlosky of ESPN put out on Twitter today, um, my takeaway and thoughts from hearing Ballard and Reich talk about Wentz is that they're going to do everything they can to move on from him and that it has to be about 80% off the field and 20% on. They must want just a different leader. So there's been a lot of conversations about Carson Wentz, and I think that everyone who watched the Raiders play uh, the Colts realizes that Carson Wentz was the weak link out there for Indy. We all know that they have a great run game. We all know that they have a strong defense. Uh, There's a lot of things to like about what Indianapolis has going on, but that quarterback position is a problem. And so uh, both uh, GM Frank Ballard and uh, and, or Frank Wright, excuse me, and uh, Chris Ballard, the GM, uh, they both have been really noncommittal on Carson Wentz. And a lot of the conversation that comes out of Indianapolis about Wentz is exactly what Dan Orlovsky said is about more of off the field and his leadership and lack of leadership than it is even on the field. And if you remember in his time in Philadelphia, he was called and questioned about his leadership or lack of leadership as well. So uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Carson Wentz, but it's crazy to see how the dude ended up being drafted so high, goes and gets a big contract extension. The Eagles draft Jalen Hurts and all of a sudden it just like, just all goes away. You know, he's injured obviously a few times and that's not good, but I mean, he goes from the penthouse to the outhouse real quick and it really ramped up the minute that Jalen Hurts got drafted in Philly. Yeah, that's a terrible blow for his career, I think, because that's not like, oh, he needs to figure it out, work on his mechanics, get a little bit better. Maybe he can learn from being a backup for a year like a Mitch Trubisky. That's them saying, we just don't want you. We don't like you. Right. Yeah, Yeah, That's that's terrible to see for someone. And if a guy that actually coached him is not really feeling him, that tells you all you need to know. If you had one ally, it'd be the guy that actually coached you up and was able to get something out of you was very familiar with you, if all of a sudden that becomes a problem and he doesn't want you, then you're in trouble. Because what was that percentage? You said 80-20? Yes. 80 off the field? Yeah. How bad are you off the field? Exactly. I feel like maybe if the Buccaneers said that about Antonio Brown, you'd be like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, real quick update from uh, Indy. Wide receiver Calvin Austin just ran a 4-3-2 unofficial mm. for the 40. So, of course, we're on 40 watch right now. Who's running fast? Who's doing what? But everyone right now is oohing and on about the 4-3-2 unofficially that Calvin just, uh, Austin uh, just ran in Indy. And, of course, we're going to hear those all uh, all night long and all the rest of the weekend until uh, until the combine is over. Uh, another guy that could be potentially on his way out of town, and I know that there's been Raider Nation that's called us and said, hey, the Raiders need to inquire about this guy. How about wide receiver Calvin Ridley? Uh, apparently the whole NFL is paying attention to what's going on currently with the Falcons. Uh, he looks like he could be available by way of trade. Uh, he's basically his whole career. I mean, he's a hell of a wide receiver, I think. Of course, he uh, didn't finish the season last year. He only played in five games at 31 catches, 281 yards, and two TDs. Uh, had a lot of um, mental issues going on, and he really just kind of shut it down. And uh, he seems like he's in a good place right now. At least that's what all the reports are. Obviously, I have not talked to him, so I don't know. But uh, for his career, he's hovered around 850 yards a season. That was the first two seasons in the league. Then in 2020, he blew up. He was Atlanta's number one wide receiver, 90 catches, 1,374 yards, and nine TDs. And then last season, it was just... Uh, it wasn't what it was supposed to be when it comes to Calvin Ridley. So I'm just throwing it out there that he could be available. Not saying that the Raiders need to go out there and make a move for him, but just letting you know that he looks like a guy who is going to be available uh, this offseason once the, once the regular, well, actually once the regular league year gets cooking. 
Uh, how about this guy? This is another guy that a lot of Raider Nation wanted. Lewis Riddick. He interviewed for the GM position with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, according to multiple reports, uh, he interviewed with them in Indianapolis this week. So there you go. Lou Riddick, a guy that I know a lot of Raider Nation wanted uh, to get a, a interview for that job. I feel like he's probably going to be a good GM at some point. I just don't think that the Raiders had the, I don't think they had the time to say, hey, let's let's go ahead and give Lewis Riddick a shot and then see how it goes. I mean, after after the experiment with uh, Mike Mayock, and uh, obviously it didn't go that well or else he'd still be the Raiders GM, I don't think that they could take the chance and say, hey, we're going to go with another TV guy to be the GM just because it sounds good and looks good on TV. Oh, yeah, the outrage would have been there immediately. No matter what he's done in the past, it would have just been another TV guy. Right. Come on, we just had that, and it failed. The calls would have been off the hook about it. No, it, it would have been. And again, I mean, former Raider, he shows a lot of love to the Raiders all the time when he's on TV. I get it. And what he says on TV sounds right. It all sounds good and it looks good, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it is. Everything that Mike Mayock said on NFL Network always sounded great, too. Yeah, I mean, he did He did have that one um, Cam Newton He's like Blaine Gabbert's going to be a better quarterback than Cam Newton. It's like, bro, you out your mind. Oh yeah, that, that was. I mean, that was bad. <laughs> but everyone, everyone, everyone misses it at, at, at points. But I mean, you know, like I said, Mayock was great on TV. Uh, Lewis Riddick is great on TV. Doesn't mean that they're either one of them are going to be great GMs. Uh, I was excited when Mayock got hired. Thought uh, he was going to bring some juice to the table. And you know, who knows what really he was responsible for and what wasn't. But we know where he's at now, and it's not with the Raiders. So there's that. But also that. with Lewis Riddick, I would love to see the Steelers hire him to be the GM. Because the, if the Steelers were to make that move and hire him to be their general manager, they would be the most bouted organization in football, if you ask me, when it comes to the black hire. <laughs> they got Mike Tomlin. Uh, they put in Brian uh, Flores. Uh, he's the he's the linebacker coach and the senior assistant. And then you'd have uh, you'd have Lewis Riddick too. And then they've got others. They got other guys in the front office as well right now. So uh, yeah, you know, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the right hire. But you know, that they, they, they would be that organization and say, hey, look. Let's let's roll with it. Let's let's roll the dice. I would be okay with that. I'd be okay with that just because it's Lewis Riddick. I mean, again, I'm I'm not the guy who signs up for just go hire this guy because this, that, and the other. I, I want I want to make sure that the right guy's in place. And you know, Lewis Riddick, I know he's been a scout before, and I know that he's interviewed multiple times for GM positions. So I think at some point he'll probably get his shot. And and he does. I think everybody will be rooting for him. He's a he's a good dude, and he's been a guest on the show before. I mean, he's 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 one of those guys, man. So I don't think anyone roots against Lewis Riddick. Uh, how about this? And this is a guy that I'm actually interested in, kind of low-key interested. The Ravens are very interested in bringing back 37-year-old Calais Campbell. And I know right now you're like, what? Q, why you want to go out and get a 37-year-old? Look, Calais Campbell could still go. I saw Unique Ngakwe the other day on Twitter say it's time to get Calais Campbell to the dark side. So he's already starting to do a little bit of recruiting. But, uh, yeah, the, <laughs> I think that he would be a heck of a guy to be on that that defensive line for the Raiders for a year or two. You know, I mean, he's 37 years old, so he's not going to be a dude that's going to be there forever, you know, four or five years. He's he's probably a one-year guy, maybe a two-year guy max. To me, Calais Campbell is what Gerald McCoy could have been last year, but he got hurt. Exactly, because I was you just going to say that. As long as he can stay healthy, I think it would be a great addition for the Raiders. I agree. I agree. And, of course, the uh, the Ravens GM, DaCosta, he said he's been texting back and forth with Calais Campbell. He wants him back. He said, we've exchanged text messages. I don't want to speak for Calais, but I basically said, listen, if you want to play, I'd like you to uh, let me know at some point because we thought you had a heck of a year last year. You're a good player. I got a lot of admiration for Calais, Calais as a person and as a player and as a leader. I think he'd be great on the Raiders defensive line with Patrick Graham. I think he really would be that dude. I mean, he's still got some juice. Uh, he's had 77 tackles, five and a half sacks, and a fumble recovery in 27 games for the Baltimore Ravens. I remember when they got him from Jacksonville, when, when uh, Baltimore traded for him from Jacksonville, they gave up like nothing. 
it was like a third round pick and something else for Calais Campbell. And he he is he's a dude who can still go. He's got the want to, he's got the discipline, and he's got the intelligence. Like I said, he to me feels like he could be uh Gerald McCoy without the injury. I like it. I like it. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the show about COVID-19 protocols. The NFL and NFLPA have agreed to suspend all aspects of the joint COVID-19 protocols effective immediately. Uh, After nearly two years of restrictions and not a single game lost to the pandemic, it's back to normal. Finally, that's from Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network. Now, they do have a little asterisk next to it. If things were to go south, uh, they can always go back and put those uh, protocols back in place. But as of right now, everything looks like it's going to be free and clear. Uh, for the NFL, they haven't given any uh, restrictions or they haven't given any regulations, any rules as far as the media goes. But you have to feel like if there's no protocols in place, that the media is going to be back to kind of the normal before all the, the pandemic hit. Yeah, and then like you said, like, oh, they could if things go south. But I'm not saying that the players wouldn't listen to the NFL. But I think it would be a hard sell after it's like, hey, guys, those COVID-19 restrictions, they're out of here. And let's say next season, hypothetically, week seven, Hey guys, we need to we need Gotta to bring, put them back. Yeah, I'm not saying players would like be out. They would be outraged. I'm not saying they're going to make that big of a fuss about it, but they're not going to be happy about it. No, 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 they won't. I feel like it's one of those things that once is once they're gone, they're gonna gone. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So and can't again, put the toothpaste back in the tube with this one. No, no, you really can't. And look, I mean, it looks like a, a, across the country, and of course, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to open up a can of worms, but it looks like, and I don't want to jinx us, sir. So I guess what? Knock on wood. It looks like things are turning the corner. Again, I'm I'm not trying to, you know, put the cart before the horse, but it looks like things are turning the corner and it feels like it is. And the NFL is getting out there saying, hey, uh, we're good. We're good. No COVID protocols here. And of course they have, you know, until September before they even start playing any games. So that's also something to think about. But what they don't have, they don't have a lot of time before offseason workouts begin. This is crazy. This is nuts. And this is my final little nugget for cover three NFL news and notes of the day. The Super Bowl just ended, right? February 13th was the Super Bowl, day before Valentine's Day. Off-season workouts for teams with new head coaches will begin on April 4th. Dog, tomorrow is March 4th. (laughs) April 4th, off-season workouts will begin for teams with new head coaches, which, guess what? The Raiders have a new head coach. So April 4th, we'll be at the, uh, the the practice facility in Henderson. We'll be monitoring the team. We'll see what they're doing. Now, they're not putting pads on. They're not doing this, that, and the other. But they'll go through some off-season workouts, and everything will get cooking April 4th. And for teams that have their head coach, like an Andy Reid, uh, you know, like a uh, Mike McCarthy, like any other coach in the league, Ron Rivera, whoever you want to say, they'll all start on April 18th. So, uh, the Raiders will get started 14 days ahead of time, and then the other teams will catch up 14 days later. But isn't that crazy? Yeah, because it really April is. April 4th, dog. The season's right around the corner. It never ends. There'll be a quick little gap of nothing for, like, what, two to three weeks where you just cross your fingers and hope no one gets in trouble? That's what you say all the time? You know, when it's that that little period of, of time, it's like, okay, nobody get in trouble. Like, that's what I'm trying to plan my vacation It's like, the first Week in May, maybe, you know, like Clay's on vacation right now. JT's on vacation next week. That's good because it's before free agency. It's going to have to be that second week of May because the first week of May, yeah. we got to talk about the draft. Right, exactly. So it'll be just around. You're right. So around that May May 10th type area, that'll be the that's the sweet spot. Go Fingers on vacation. Yes. Go on vacation. Turn your phone off. Don't look back until you're done. And then once you get back, it's full throttle. I mean, it really is. That's that's what's crazy. The NFL has been so smart, and they're so good at making sure there's something every single month of the year. They're so smart in that. They spread everything out, so there's an event that goes on in every 
single month of the year. So you can't really get too far away from the NFL. But yeah, they'll be out there on those practice fields April 4th right there in Henderson. That's nuts. Tomorrow is March 4th. Tomorrow is March 4th. We are very close to seeing football activities happen again. I kind of feel bad for the players a little bit because, you know, it's what are these going to be like the voluntary workouts? Right. You remember, um, dang, it was like two seasons ago, so not this season, but the past season, where it was just, oh, players getting cut. There was a guy, um, the guy from the Cowboys, he had a couple, he had a little bit of marijuana issues, a defensive end, and then he stopped coming to like the voluntary workouts and he got cut soon. Oh, didn't make the you're team. talking about David Irving. Yes. David Irving was a Raider. Remember? The, the Raiders got him because of Rob Marinelli, and he was turning the corner. I think he still lives here. He has a business. He has a weed business. Shocking. Hearing David Irving, I'm sorry. I don't want to go on a rant, and he no, might be no, listening I, right I, I, now. I didn't know. No, he might be listening <laughs> right now, and I don't, like I said, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but that dude, we talked the other day about big and good and just athletic for nothing. That dude has wasted and lost so many millions, and I know it's not about that. Some people aren't, aren't pushed by that, and that's fine. But that dude has so much natural ability and natural talent. He could dominate. He could roll out of bed and dominate. That's what used to make Cowboy fans so mad. This dude could just go out there and just smash. Just out of bed. Like, he could be in the club till 3 in the morning, go to bed, and then wake up at like 7, go to the game, and get three sacks in the game. Or he could just, like, no-show. You know, it's just like you never know what you were going to get from him, but he was so damn good. I was excited when the Raiders signed him. I thought, okay, this dude's going to really take advantage of this opportunity that he has, and nothing. Absolutely nothing. But, man, if that guy ever had some want to and a real work ethic, he would just he would, he would would be Aaron Donald-esque. I'm not saying he's Aaron Donald. He'd be Aaron Donald-esque. That's the difference. Aaron Donald has the work ethic. He has the athletic ability, but he always wants to push himself to get better. David Irving just wants to get high and kick it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was cut on May 21st of 2021, and it was just like we're saying, because all these workouts that are coming up, yeah, got to go to them. Got to go. This offseason, man, it's quick. Man, it happens real quick, fast, and in a hurry. So, yeah, offseason workouts begin April 4th. That's what I got for you. Cover three. We like to do it on the daily about 3 o'clock, giving you a little bit of NFL news. Coming up next, GM Dave Ziegler. He was talking at the Combine yesterday, talked in great length. We heard a little bit of a soundbite from him in the first hour. We'll hear more next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 3.30, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, host of the Reb Zone. She'll join us. Talk all things UNLV, running Rebels, winners of 7 out of 10. Looking good. Picked up a nice dub. Over Wyoming last night. So we'll talk all things running Rebels coming up at 3.30. Have the question and topic that we threw out there. What's your one offseason wish for the Raiders? Hit us up, 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword r We like to be very va- active around here. Uh, it's crazy, man. The show flies by. I always say we need an extra hour. We literally need an extra hour because time flies by. Tomorrow, we'll have All plenty. the hours you can get. Well, I'll, I'll say we'll have all the extra hours I need tomorrow. <laughs> What's that argument? You know, that's all I need. <laughs> that's what it's going to be. You need extra time? There it is, Q. You got your extra time. So uh, tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Volkswagen, uh, Finley Finley VW uh, is where you can find me from 7 to 10 a.m. with Heidi Fang. And then the TI from 2 to 6 p.m. tomorrow afternoon slash evening. So be all over the town and uh, definitely want as many people as possible to come on out. If you want NASCAR tickets, let me tell you this. We've been giving away NASCAR tickets. If you want NASCAR tickets, 
I will if you show up wherever I'm at, you will get NASCAR tickets. I promise you. I'll just make sure you get locked and loaded with some NASCAR tickets. It's happening this weekend here in Las Vegas. They're having the the parade down uh, the strip later on this evening. So if you're driving around Las Vegas, be careful. Stay away from the strip because it's going to be closed. Uh, but yeah, man, it's going to be a big deal, a big event. You want to go. We're going to make sure you get hooked up with tickets. So come see me tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow morning, uh, Finley VW or the TI. Now, I want to get into a couple sound bites real quick before we get to Paloma from GM Dave Ziegler, who talked to the media. Vinny Bonsignor was part of that. Uh, there's a lot of people there. Uh, Hondo Carpenter was there. We'll talk to Hondo tomorrow morning as well, just about everything going on at the combine. But uh, there was a lot of uh, conversations going on with Ziegler yesterday. So one of the things that he talked about and was asked about, and I thought this was a really good question, was about Champ Kelly. Champ Kelly was uh, a guy who actually interviewed for the GM position with the Raiders. Didn't get it, but decided to come in as an assistant GM under Dave Ziegler. Worked with Dave Ziegler in Denver. He uh, Champ Kelly was in Chicago. And now, boom. Two really strong personnel-type talent minds are working together in the Raiders' front office. I think they're going to benefit in a major way from that. So what went into the process of hiring and bringing on Champ Kelly? You know, I met um, Champ interviewed me for my first job uh, in the NFL when I was a scouting assistant. And so um, I I met Champ my first year um, while I was in Denver. And Champ just embodies a lot of the things that are important to me. Uh, very high attention to detail, has a very high standard for all work that's done, whether it's big or small. Um, he's really smart in terms of just football, big picture thinking. Uh, I know he's a good evaluator. Um, we have a level of trust and respect to each other. So he's really been like, I can't even, the, the, the asset that he's been for us so far has been huge. Uh, when you have someone that you can um, say, hey, this is on your plate. You take care of it, and you know it's going to be taken care of to the standard that you um, also embody and to the detail that you want it to be. Uh, that's really valuable. Uh, Champ sees things and gets things done that I want to get done before I even know I need them to get done. Um, so you know, Champ's been really phenomenal in that way, and I think that relationship, even though we've went separate ways, which has been nice because he's seen different things and he's been with different staff, so he can bring an outside perspective. Um, it just... Uh, it was a no-brainer for me, like, even thinking before I had this opportunity, if this opportunity ever came, like, Champ Kelly was always someone that was going to, I I, I would hope, would uh, be able to go on this journey with us. I thought that was a great story right there and a great breakdown from Dave Ziegler on how Champ Kelly came to be. And, look, when a guy interviews for a job and doesn't get it, it's very rare that he ends up working for the guy that did get the job. Most of the time, just like Patrick Graham. Patrick Graham didn't get the job, the head coaching job in, in New York. He wanted it. He interviewed for it. He didn't get it. Uh, Dayball wanted to bring him in, wanted to keep him as a defensive coordinator. He bounced. Nah, no thanks. And guess what? He's a defensive coordinator for the Raiders now. He took a job that's the same job. He left to go somewhere else for the same job because he didn't, and it's just part of it, I'm sure, didn't get the job as a head coach. Yeah, but the Raiders, I think what, the little bit of a nugget that matters for the, with the Raiders here is that they made a new position. Yeah. I know maybe the yep. money's probably still going to be the same or responsibilities, but hey, we're giving you a new title right, that right. we didn't have here And it's going to lead season. to a – he'll get a GM job somewhere else soon. I'd be I'd be shocked if he was with the Raiders more than like two years. Seriously. I think he's going to get a job. But uh, it's it's great that the Raiders had the the sense to go ahead and do that, make that, create that position like you're saying – and bring in a, a, a sharp, talent-wise mind and, and and a guy that's not been in New England that has that sees things from a different point of view. 
I think I, I think that's a that's a great move. So uh, I, I love the fact that Dave Ziegler wanted to bring him in, even though he had interviewed for the job. Now uh, another soundbite that I want you to hear from Dave Ziegler was about Alex Leatherwood. He's been a guy I've talked about quite a bit. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with him in the off season? Uh, I've said it many times that I think he needs to stay at guard. I think my gut feeling tells me he's going to stay at guard. But both Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler have now been asked about Alex Leatherwood. And here's Dave Ziegler talking about whether or not they needed to determine what his position was going to be ahead of the draft and ahead of free agency. I don't, it's a good question. I don't think you have to have it established like for free agency or for the draft. We're always going to just be focused on drafting good players um, regardless of the position. Um, I think the one good thing about Alex uh, that not all rookies are afforded the opportunity to do is play a lot of games. And when you get a lot of play time as a rookie, uh, just like any of us in our first year uh, on a job, you learn, um, you know, you learn things that you're good at. You're, you learn things that you need to improve at. You kind of get exposed to things that you never even thought about. And so I think, you know, it's it's exciting to have a guy like Alex um, that's played a lot of football. And ultimately, like we'll we'll see. There's an evaluation. We'll just, we'll see where he fits, and we're not going to pigeonhole him into saying he's this or he's that. We're going to let him create an opportunity for himself and. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll be excited to, um, you know, be able to work with him. It's funny. We're talking about Alex Leatherwood listening to the soundbite from Dave Ziegler and Vinny Bonsignora comes up next 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. He was in Indy, who's going to be doing his show from Radio Road today, said uh, and put out a piece. The Raiders aren't in a big rush to make a decision on what position Alex Leatherwood will play in 2022, but they feel there's a lot of work with uh, a lot of work with and get out of their young lineman. Oh, yeah. They feel like there's a lot to work with. All right, there you go. That's what it was. I was like, hey, Vinny, there's a typo there, brother. Good thing I was looking at it for him. <laughs> I don't know if it was a typo or it was me, but he has a piece out right now on the RJ that he'll tell you about that uh, that has to do with Alex Leatherwood. So good timing right there. Uh, the final soundbite that I want you to hear, and then we'll get to Paloma Villacana talking all things UNLV running Rebels, is about the draft, is about free agency, is about evaluating the team. How does he split his time? This, I believe, was a question that Hondo Carpenter asked. Not a lot of sleep, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, no, but it's a great point. Like learning the roster is the foundational piece of scouting. And so that took a lot of time and effort when you evaluate every single guy that's um, under contract and every free agent. I mean, those are a lot of players to evaluate along with all the new things that you, you, you kind of get faced with when you um, take over one of these positions or when you get placed in one of these positions. And so it's a ton of time management. Like I said, it's really prioritizing tasks. You know, I had certain things that I, I thought I wanted to do right away and I was gung ho about doing them. And then you take a step back and you're like, wait a minute, like that can be done two months from now, you know? And so there's a lot of that prioritizing and it's a lot of, it, it is like, it's a lot of getting up early, going to bed late, getting up, doing it again, doing it again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm like, that's just what you have to do like when you get into this situation. And so um, it's a challenge, but it's it's fun at the same time. There's GM Dave Ziegler talking about how he kind of balances his time and all the different tasks that he has to do, prepare for free agency, prepare for the draft, and evaluate the talent. That's the most important part. Evaluate the talent that the Raiders currently have, who they're moving forward with, and who they're not going to move forward with. I think to really think about because all the players that were competing in 2021 in the silver and black will not be competing in 2022. 
with the silver and black. Coming up next, we'll talk to Paloma Villacana. We'll shift our attention to the UNLV running Rebels as DeMond pumps up his chest right now. He's feeling good about himself. Seven out of the last ten games for the Rebels. They've found a way to win, and we'll talk to Paloma about it next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 332 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Joining us now on the phone lines, talk a little UNLV running Rebels. Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, host of the Reb Zone. You can find her on Twitter at Paloma Villacana. And Paloma, thanks for your time. Uh, I'm sure you were pretty excited last night at the Thomas and Max Senior Night, and the Rebels found a way to get a victory 64 57 over Wyoming. And honestly, it didn't even feel like it was that close. I mean, it was it was a heck of a game. Very exciting. Uh, what were your thoughts coming out of last night? Yeah, it was a big night at UNLV. I was at the Lady Rebels game earlier at like six o'clock, and then I hopped over to the Thomas and Mac. Um, it kind of felt like summer league a little bit. It was <laughs> packed to the Thomas and Mac last night. Um, great to see the Cox Pavilion packed. Great to see the Thomas and Mac packed. Um, it's it's awesome to feel that basketball energy in Vegas right now, especially getting ready for the tournament. But Big win for the Running Rebels, man. 64 to 57 over Wyoming. Uh, senior night. They honored five seniors. Emotional night. I got to meet a lot of the players' parents. Uh, Mike Nuga's mom came all the way from Canada. Uh, I met Bryce Hamilton's parents. So it was just an awesome night. And you could tell the guys were really hungry to, to beat Wyoming, get a dub on senior night. And, uh, you know, every player off the bench really contributed to to make sure, you know, they got the, the dub for the seniors. Yeah, you know, and that's what it felt like as I was watching the game. I thought, man, it's senior night and you got Wyoming that you're playing like this is going to be a really tough game, you know, and everyone wants to win on senior night. But it felt like the team went into the Thomas and Mack and said, we ain't losing tonight. There ain't no way about it. We're <laughs> going to go get this dub. Is that I mean, is that the sense? Because look, Hamilton only had what, 13 points. He had an off night, but they found a way to win. Everyone contributed. Yeah, especially, you know, the younger guys, you know, Keyshawn, Justin, um, you know, Mike Nuke is a fifth year, but, you know, all the guys, you know, that were, were kind of underclassmen definitely stepped up. I mean, Keyshawn Gilbert is so much fun to watch. You know, everyone on Twitter is just like, he's a dog, he's tough, he literally grabs the ball out of your hands and it's like, oh, hey, thanks, thanks, like, <laughs> we'll take it the other way and score buckets, so... Um, yeah, I mean, I, the players said, you know, Justin said uh, post game, you know, all the younger guys were stepping up, uh, hoping to to fight out there and, and put on a fight against the Cowboys, and they did just that. And you know, just want to shout out Justin Webster, who's been coming off the mm-hmm. bench, putting up eleven points, shooting five of seven from the field last night, like clutch, clutch, Justin Webster. And then you got the freshman Keyshawn Gilbert, who's been fighting. He's nasty out defense you know all season long so when you have that depth on the bench it's it's just exciting to see what kind of talent Kevin Kruger has um, on his squad and how how they're only going to get better you know down down the years right and you know and it feels like and we've said this a couple times when we talked to you about the running rebels that you know they, they're they're trying to gel it feels like Paloma they're really gelling at the right time and they have the conference tournament next week yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they swept Colorado State. They swept Reno. Uh, you know, they lost to 
two really close games to Boise State, who are, you know, the top dogs in the conference. So, you know, you're going toe-to-toe with the top team in, in, in the Mountain West, and, you know, you're sweeping Reno, you're sweeping Colorado State, you're beating Wyoming. I mean, yeah, UNLV can take on anyone right now, and that's kind of been their their mission, their chip on their shoulder when they lost a few games earlier this season that they didn't want to lose. You know, they, they were hungry to come out and, um, you know, keep keep keep. Uh, fighting and, and taking on the top teams in the conference. And, yeah, I mean, Kevin Kruger was super proud of their defense last night, shutting down the Cowboys, holding them to just 34% shooting. Uh, you know, it was it was a big defensive fight last night from from the running Rebels. And like I said, they're they're getting hot. They're clicking right at the right at the time you want to be clicking, man. March right. 3rd, like the tournament's right around the corner. It's, this is this is when you got to be playing your best ball. Exactly. It's, that's what it's about is getting hot at the right time. And it feels like the running Rebels are doing exactly that. We're talking right now with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports here on Unnecessary Roughness. Radio Nation Radio 920. My man demond has got one for you. Yeah, with only yeah. one game left in the conference regular season, what do you think that Coach Kruger feels is the best aspect of this team? Is it the defense? Is it the free throw shooting? What does he feel is this team's bread and butter? I think it's their defense right now. I think they've really changed their their identity, their focus on defense, really locking down. Um, and I think the past couple days, past couple of games, you know, against Boise State, against Reno, against Colorado State. I mean, they've really locked down and kind of shut teams down in the second half. Even in that Reno game, they really uh, shut down Sherfield and, and their ballers out there. And, and in Boise State, they struggled a little bit for sure against those big, you know, lengthy, talented, you know, Boise State has some some pretty big dudes on their team. But, um, it, I mean, it's great to see how far their defense has come because earlier this season, I know it was a struggle for them to find that consistency each game. So, um, you know, Saturday against the Lobos, uh, hopefully they can come out with another dub. Um, I think I think New Mexico is the, like four and they're four and twelve in conference play. So UNLV mm. hopefully can come out with a dub on, on Saturday and keep that keep that momentum going into the tournament. Man, Demond, don't Easy be don't win. be hey, man. Look, they're on a roll right now, seven to ten. Man, they winning. <laughs> don't. Don't don't do them like that, Demond. Don't put that on them. And start talking about easy win. Don't let them get all you know lackadaisical, man. All right. You know what? I was gonna ask Paloma. My next question it was gonna be about Bryce Hamilton. Yeah, you know, only it. had 15 yeah. points last night. You know, he can't drop 30 every game. I know. Got to temper those expectations. But how important do you think it's gonna be for him to basically lead the Rebels in scoring when conference tournament comes around? Yeah, I mean Bryce Hamilton, big target on his back. I mean he's the best. You know, one of the best scorers in the Mountain West. Um, you know, dropping 30 points a game. So, you know, I, I can't remember what game it was, but I think it was like an Air Force or someone earlier this season. You know, they had five guys on Bryce. They had five guys <laughs> on Bryce. I mean, I looked down at the court and I'm like, well, everyone else is wide open. You know, they had five guys on Bryce. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's it. You know, add in Royce, add in Jordan, you know, add in Donovan. But, you know, teams are really targeting Bryce. Uh, and trying to make sure that he doesn't, you know, drop 30 against them. But, yeah, I mean, I think his teammates, you know, they all look at him to to kind of lead the way. But I think Roy Jr. has taken on, 
you know, more responsibility of like, hey, you know, I got this 17 points, 10 rebounds. I think he recorded his like seventh double double last night. So Roy Kim Jr. is always there to to <laughs> he's been lighting it up from deep, too. So I'm like, OK, go off, go off, Royce. Um, if Jordan McCabe can get into a rhythm, you know, he's he's huge help. Mike Nuga, Justin Webster, Donovan Williams, all these guys can shoot. So um, it's, it's great to see the, the depth on this UNLV team. But yeah, Bryce is I, I'm looking at Bryce Hamilton to be like, all right, you know, let's bring it. Let's bring it in the tournament. But then again, he does have that big target on his back. Everyone knows in the Mountain West, everyone knows around the country who he is. Exactly, everybody around the country, including Kendrick Perkins, who had that yep. tweet and he said, yo, Bryce is a walking bucket. <laughs> bucket. Facts. There you go. <laughs> well, he's not. <laughs> Perkins isn't the only one, though, who noticed. Uh, Seth Davis tweeted out about the UNLV team last night from CBS Sports and The Athletic, talking about that they're, you know, they're sneaky good and, and they're hot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the exact words, but basically saying he feels like that they're going to steal a, a, a tournament bid. So uh, they're, getting, they're getting noticed nationally. I think that's a big deal, Paloma. Absolutely. And I've talked to Coach Kruger all season long. You know, the close losses to Boise State, um, the close loss at Utah State, you know, these, these close games, you know, the, uh, the coaches will tell him, man, you guys are playing hard. You guys are playing super hard. I mean, my team is exhausted going up against y'all. So um, it just shows you the, the talent that Kevin has. And I'm happy that the running Rebels are, are peaking right when they need to and just fighting down the stretch. And I, I can't wait for tournament action. Like, I, I'm, I already said last night, all right, let's dance, let's go. And I was like, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. We got one more game. Right, right. We got one more game on Saturday in New Mexico. Because I was like, all right, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready. Let's let's get this tournament started. And I'm like, oh, that game at New Mexico on Saturday. Right. We got to do that. There's a small trip to <laughs> Albuquerque you got to make first, right? <laughs> I was like, remind me to get on the plane with them because uh, <laughs> I'm ready to just get to the tournament. Speaking of getting on the plane, uh, Demond's been trying to hustle a way to get on the plane as well. He's trying to figure out yeah. a way. He said, uh, "He said if they go to the tournament, if they get to March Madness, uh, that he thinks that he needs to find a way." And he, he's wondering if he could be like your cameraman or somebody, or you know, somebody that can carry some of your equipment or something like that. He's trying hey. to he's trying to hustle his way in with you. Hey, I'll, I'll I'll you know I'll do what I can, man, because like it's lit. It's lit on the bus. It's lit on the plane. Like when you know we're coming back home with a dub, it's fun. It's really fun, <laughs> and that's that's the best part of my job is I get to really get to know these players, really get to know the coaches, get to know their entire family. You know their their wives, their kids. You know all of that. So it's just been a really unique experience I've I've never had before. Like traveling and being with a team every single day. It's like. I, I know everything about them, and it's cool. It's their family, their family for sure. And I want, and I just want a little piece of that. Oh, here That's he all. Is. Yeah, so I just, I'm just trying to tag along. Is all. Oh, all man. right, but unbelievable. Moving on to the Lady Rebels, they won the Mountain yes. West. Like, how impressive has this season has this season been for the Lady Rebels? Was this expected for them, or is this a shock? You know, anytime I sit down with Lindy LaRock, the head coach, anytime I interview her, talk to her post game. Man, she is locked in, focused. I mean, she smiles, you know, she's she's really nice, really nice. But you can tell she's a dog, man. She's a dog. Like she is high key focused, high key like just locked in, wants to win, wants to beat everyone. And her team was able to go on a twelve game win streak, um, you know, and, and win, you know, regular season champs, win win the conference. So, um it's it's kind of funny because I talked to some of the players and they're like Lindy LaRock is, 
she's it, man. She's it. Like she mm-hmm. is fun, focused, you know, a great coach. She she's a winning coach. And anytime I talk to her, she's so sweet, but I can just see it in her eyes. She's on a whole other level and it's 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 proven on the court what, what her, her team can do. They lost to Reno last night, seventy one to sixty four, uh, but they're still the number one seed. They'll play on Monday um, at noon. I think they'll play Fresno State or Utah State. Um, but Monday at noon, and yeah, they're the number one seed, so they win it all. Let's go. There you go. There you go. Some good things are happening on the hoop court there over uh, on the campus of UNLV with the Lady Rebels and, of course, the Redding Rebels as well. Paloma, fantastic stuff as always. Uh, what you got coming out on the Reb Zone that we sh- should be on the lookout for? Another busy week. Another busy week right. for sure. Um, you know, with, with the Wyoming game, remind me to get on the plane to go to New Mexico. <laughs> Literally last night, I'm like, all right, y'all, let's get this Mountain West tournament going. Let's go. And I'm like, oh, wait, that game in New Mexico. Um, so, no, I've never been to New Mexico. I've never been to their, their arena, the pit. So I'm excited to check that out. So, yeah, we'll have a busy week uh, with the Lady Rebels, the Running Rebels on the Reb Zone. Um, you know, Sunday, the women's tournament begins. So a lot going on this week. I mean, I feel like it's March 3rd. Like, all right, like it's, it's <laughs> the madness is here. Like it's go time. Right. So well, I'm and, excited. And then on top of that, spring ball starts for football. It's right around the yeah, corner man. too. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dude, <laughs> busy, busy, but it's fun. It's all fun. Right. It's so much fun. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> being busy is a good thing in our business, Paloma. So that's what we uh-huh. want to do. So uh, fantastic stuff as always. Hey, before I let you go, uh, I saw your tweet about your moms. And so, hey, we're, our prayers are there with you. Uh, so you. we got your back 100%. So, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, I saw your tweet and I wanted to make sure that we mentioned it and show you some uh, some love. And I know that your, uh, you know, your thoughts are always with her as well. So So we are, too. Appreciate it, Q. Thank you guys so much. No doubt. We'll keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, bye. See ya. All right, see ya. Paloma Villacana does a fantastic job covering UNLV like a glove, and you could tell she loves her job, and that's what it's all about, man. If you do what we do and you don't love it, there's something wrong with you because you're not doing it for the money. That's that's for sure. Clearly. (laughs) It's serious. If you can't have fun in what we do, you're doing it wrong. You know, I mean, that's the thing about it. As much hours as we might work, I, like I'm talking about doing, what, seven hours of radio tomorrow? Fine. It's going to be a long day, but uh, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll have a bunch of laughs. We'll tell a bunch of stories, and we'll have a good time. We'll head into the weekend. <laughs> it's not brain surgery, you know. We're not we're not the ones that are, are the important ones. We're just here for entertainment, and uh, hopefully that we entertain you as well and, and, and provide some knowledge and some Keep you up to date with what's going on with your favorite team and other teams as well, just like the UNLV running Rebels. 3.45 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close out the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Raider Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Radio Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 349 is the time. Got a few minutes left in today's show. We'll pass the sticks on to our guy Vinny Bonsignor, who's on the scene at the Scouting Combine in Indy, representing for Raider Nation Radio 920. He'll be uh, doing his show from Radio Row there. He'll probably be able to see some action. I wonder if he'll be able to see some. I know he won't be able to be like right on top of it because it's got to be quiet. 
But I wonder, this is one of my things that I always wanted. That's why I always wanted to go to the combine. Next year, I'm going to go to the combine. I always wanted to be there when the action was actually happening. You know, like guys running 40s, broad jump going on, all that other stuff, weightlifting going on. I, but I always wanted so to do So you could a, get out there and try to compete? No, 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 no. I just want to do a show at the same time. When I was at uh, when I was in, in in Central Texas, we did a show from Baylor's Pro Day. We we every every year we became like mainstays at Baylor's Pro Day, and so we were doing a radio show from there. Right, the first year was under Coach Art Bryles. Well, Art Bryles, who's been in the news a lot lately, he would have music playing. It would be you know it just it almost be like a glorified practice. You know how practices are where you you hear a lot of music. Uh, there's a lot of people on the field. There's just I mean it was kind of almost I don't want to say a free for all. But it was almost like a free for all, right? Well, we know that he'll do whatever it takes to make his players look easy, good. Easy, easy, easy. I'm, I'm, I'm not going there with coach. I just said he was making his players look good. Yeah, well, he he put him in the best positions. No, he wasn't making his players look good. He was just he had that kind of atmosphere where it was just music. It was loud. It was a loud scene, you know. So us doing a radio show and us being loud was not a big deal because you could be literally a few feet away from me and I could be yelling and you really it's not going to bother you because you're not really going to hear me. When Matt Rule came in, dog, it was dead silent. There was no music playing. There was nobody allowed in the uh, on the field in the indoor there. There was all these cones and barriers that were that were put up, and you had to stay behind them. And all of a sudden, we're talking just like we're talking right now. But that's all you can hear a scout say, 40. Or, you know, you're like, all right, time for the 40. And you can hear him talking. It was like that. But then you got me, who's loud as all get out. And every time I got excited about something, like I'm excited right now, half the people would turn and look like, someone tell that dude to shut the hell up. Keep it down. I'm trying to do my job here. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's actually one of the reasons why they liked Matt Rule. And people, and that's why he's in the league now. He ran his practices like a pro practice. He ran the the combine or the, the pro day like the scouts want. The scouts don't want all those people out there, all the... Former players, family, friends. I mean, just anyone. I literally, that's when Mike Tomlin big-timed me. That's when I got big-timed by Mike Tomlin was when it was the Art Bryles when he was led, leading the uh, pro day. I can't remember whose pro day that was. I think it was Corey Coleman's. Yeah, it was Corey Coleman's pro day. But, yeah, he and Andrew Billings, who we had on the show just the other day. That's right. And, he, man, and that's who I thought. I thought Andrew Billings was going to get drafted by Pittsburgh just because of his size and his uh, strength and, and the position he played. He, to me, it felt like a Pittsburgh Steeler. I thought that that's where he was going to go. He didn't. Cincinnati got him. But that's when Mike Tomlin walked by me. We were sitting there, and I was like, hey, man, I just got Bill O'Brien. I had just done an interview with Billy O. He was a Texans head coach at that point. I just finished. So I was feeling good about myself. You know, when you when you get a couple of yeses, you get no no's, right? So I'm like, man, if anyone walks by me right now, I'm going to grab momentum, them. momentum, huh? Yeah, I had that momentum. You know about that Uncle Mo. I had it. And Mike Tomlin walked by me. I was like, hey, coach, can I get a couple minutes with you? And that dude didn't even look at me. Didn't even look at my direction. Just kept it pushing. Nope, don't do that, bro. I'll never forget those words. Ever. He said that? Oh, yeah. Yep. He said those exact words. Nope, don't do that, bro. And kept it pushing. Oh, to this day, I'm, I'm, I, I've got that. Nope, don't do that, bro. Yeah, and he just kept it moving. Never broke stride. Never Mike slowed Tomlin. down. Yeah, oh, he got me. He got me good. And we talked about it on the air for like the next 10 or 15 minutes. Like, damn, Q just got done. Like Mike Tomlin didn't even didn't even look in my direction, didn't even give me the oh sorry bro I'm in a in a hurry or sorry I mean nothing it was just boom I need the black and white picture you know when they have like the inspirational quote <laughs> I need Mike Tomlin's face quote nope don't do that bro to this day I promise you 
to this day, I still want to talk to him. I, I want to. I, I'm dying to just run into him and interview him, and and want to. And I'm going to start the interview with, "Hey, do you remember that time in Waco, Texas, when you big time me?" That's how, and that might be the last question of the interview. I won't be disrespectful. I won't say it in disrespectful. He's not going to remember it at all. At all, I'm sure he won't. But it's still, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask him. I'll be like, "Hey, man, I've been trying to get an interview with you ever since you, uh, you, 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 you kept it pushing past me at Corey Coleman and uh, and and uh, Andrew Billings Pro Day at Baylor." And then he won't remember what he said, and I'll tell him the exact words. I've told the story before to other Pittsburgh media, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that sounds exactly like Mike Tomlin." Like, yeah, that's what he does. Like he he doesn't. He doesn't do a bunch of side stuff. And I was like, I ain't no side stuff on the rain deal. So anyway, my old co-host told me I'd never get it. He's like, oh, you'll never interview Mike Tomlin. So to this day, it's like written on my. Oh, that's the bucket list? That's another bucket list? That's one. Yeah, yeah. Josina Anderson, check. Got that earlier. Got that at the Super Bowl this year. Tracked her down. There's record. I got the interview. I saved it. I did it. Mama was proud. Telling you, I got uh, one of these days. I'm gonna just sneak it up on you, like you're gonna ask me, "Hey, Demond, can you come in and do that?" Nope, can't do that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be like, "What'd you say to me?" <laughs> and then I'm gonna say, "Oh, okay. You want what day off? Sorry, nope, can't do that, bro." <laughs> That's all right. That Mike Tomlin got me. I ain't mad at him. It's motivation. I'll get him. Vinny Boston, yours coming up next, four to six p.m. He's in the huddle. He's gonna be talking about Falele, big time offensive lineman in Minnesota. I'm pretty excited about that guy. I think he'd be great at the right tackle position. Vinny's going to talk about that and a lot more 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Radio Nation Radio 920.